1: Welcome to Two Chunks
0: and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and this is the spot where your best friend's naked body was dumped. Wrapped up in a garbage chunk!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Carter, and a good hunk can't sleep because he's missing a piece of the puzzle. And a bad hunk can't sleep because his conscience won't let him. Carter, your Hillary Swank was so Jodie Foster, dude. She's kind of Jodie Foster. She's I, I'll a little take bit that. Jodie Foster. That was my first shot at a Hillary Swank, but it's definitely yeah. At the end of this movie, Hillary is like
0: Doctor Lecter. <laughs> Doctor Lecter. Nobody needs to know.
1: <laughs> your Jodie Foster is Jimmy Stewart. Yep. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. What do you want, Doctor Lecter? You wanna? You want oh, to be able moon? to eat anybody you want? I'll get them. I'll, 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 I'll throw a lasso around and bring them right to you. lasso <laughs> Wow.
0: <laughs> what a strange start, eh? Goodness gracious. Almost you are if- the hunk, though. Yeah, you yes, are the hunk, though.
1: You want to tell us a little bit about that? I'd Explain love to. Explain um, As we often do, we're just kind of sharing our what are our favorite fruits before the podcast. <laughs> 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 we do that every week. It's a way that we warm up. Hey, by the way, it's
0: pineapple <laughs> for your boy. Pineapple for Jordan. Dose, did you say what yours was? I didn't say because I don't know. I I like apples a lot. I feel like apples are sort of, are the er fruit, like the original template fruit from which all other fruits are compared. They're the baseline fruit, right? But I like apples a lot. Yeah.
1: There's and just I'm such a, a range in apples. Like there sure, is a range in apples. You can, you, can live,
0: you can live in apples for a long time and yeah. get all your sweet and sour needs under the whole apple spectrum. I'm See, apple I'm all about too. those
1: sour and sour needs. So my favorite is a lime. And I love a lime. As soon as I said lime is my favorite fruit, these boys said, prove it. And me, not being one to back down, <laughs> I was like, okay. Did one of you actually say take up? What take I a big said was what I said was, do you just like eat a lime as though it were, you know, a grape or an orange or something? And, right. and said, I was like, sure. Yeah. And then Doge said, prove it. And I said, prove it. And Doge said, prove it. So I went into my fridge, which has a Costco bag of limes, which means. <laughs> oh, wow. Like 70 ba- of them. Barely legal. Right. <laughs> um, and I just grabbed one, tried to find one that was small enough to put the whole thing in my mouth. Don't have any of those left. Uh, You've so, already put them all in your mouth. <laughs> uh, they've already been put in my mouth. There's Pop a couple like a cherry I, I, I'm kind of a squirrel that way. You do like look over to my mouth. It's, I do have a. Have you ever noticed? You haven't noticed because I've never shown you like how stretchy my face is. You're stre- Ooh, your face really is really stretchy. Very stretchy. Isn't that weird? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we're finding. I, I would have been the hunk no matter what. I had a you long a, list of it. reasons. I took a big bite out of it. I, sure. I committed and Skin I said, and you know all. what? Skin it all, because Jordan was like. Bite the skin. I think you are chanting it. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, You know, you really did Denethor, steward of of Gondor, that line. do not compare me. (laughs) It really was. To the worst scene in cinematic history. (laughs) (laughs) But I took a bite out of it, and that lime is now on my left thigh, most of it. Mm -hmm. I did watch it. But I took a bite out of it. Limes are hard to bite, I'll tell you that. They are hard to... Eat illegally. I've always said that.
0: Yep. I don't know when else I'm going to get the chance to tell this story. Carter, I don't <laughs> want to steal your limelight.
1: Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> what if I just like, you can't control me for the rest of the episode?
0: So in October of 2018, I went to... Was it 18? Yes, it was 18. I went to Boston with my family um, where I don't live. I live in Dallas, but I went to Boston on a trip and we went to uh, this orchard in Massachusetts, which was like the, the oldest apple orchard on this continent. whole so it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And they had a lot of like, you could go and you could try apples from the trees there. Uh, just pick them and eat them. And then whatever you liked, you could buy like a bag of that at the exit to this orchard. There were a lot of apple trees and apples being my favorite fruit. I wanted to try all the different kinds of apples to get a full apple experience. And I ate like 15 apples that day (laughs) and I could not understand why I was so sick the rest of the day. I was like, Jess, Jess, I really just feel terrible. Like, I don't know. Like we, we had some like weird seafood maybe for lunch. I don't know. And she was like, well, did you eat anything at the orchard this morning? I was like, I mean, yeah, we were all trying apples. So I had like probably like 14, 15, 16 (laughs) apples. And she was like, did you eat the whole thing? And I said, yeah, of course I did. I was trying the apples. And she was like, you're supposed to just take one bite of them. And if you like them, then buy them. But that's the story of the time I ate 14 apples in one day. You know what, though?
1: The fun part of that is some, like, even 30 miles away, like, doctors for some reason felt the need to just move. and I haven't move been to the pra- doctor since then. Move their practice f- far from the radius of you on that day. Like, you kept doctors... So, so far away. away. I, I mean think so I'm never going
0: to die because I ate 14 <laughs> apples.
1: That's what I've read. I've read that that uh, keeps you there. Hey, speaking <laughs> of uh, speaking of uh, inscrutable decisions, <laughs> I'd like to talk about a movie today. Okay. As a continuing part of our Nolan series, I would love to talk about his second movie in our series, which is known as Insomnia. Insomnia. And uh, what I need more than anything is for the old Orchard Boy himself,
0: Doge Dozier, to give us a synopsis. Are you just going to start calling me Orchard Boy? Thinking about it. Because if I may, I would prefer apple bottom jeans. If you could call me that from now on. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll get back to you. This week's synopsis is written by Hugo, who might be a Teletubby. <laughs> In Nightmute, Alaska, 17-year-old resident Kay Connell is found murdered. As a favor to the local Nightmute police chief, two Los Angeles robbery homicide police detectives, Will Dormer and Hap Eckhart, are called in to assist in the investigation. Although renowned in the police world, both Dormer and Eckhart are facing some professional issues back in Los Angeles. In Nightmute, Dormer has a major case of insomnia due to a combination of the incessant midnight sun and from a secret he is carrying, and this insomnia is causing him to be delusional. Something he is not dreaming about is that the murderer has contacted him, informing him all about the murder and the fact that he knows everything that is going on with Dormer. They begin a a symbiotic relationship and keeping secrets for each individual's benefit. But ambitious young local detective, Ellie Burr, might piece the story together on her own.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we get too far into this movie, I just want to get it out of the way and say that. Al Pacino, even the way he breathes and grunts <laughs> is the most Al Pacino thing. It's like he can't turn it off. Like at one point he rounds a corner and he's like ha ah, ah, ho oh. yeah. <laughs> You know what though? I went back and forth and and I guess we'll get to it later because that's the structure of this podcast. I have um, heard of that. Is there a better sleepy person? If it was like, who, uh, yeah, we want it to feel natural that they are so tired. Like, I never realized, maybe that's why Al Pacino and Vin Diesel, I think, have never been in a movie together. Can you imagine a movie with Vin Diesel, Keanu Reeves, and Al Pacino and how sleepy
0: everybody is? I want it to be, I want that to be a live action Ninja Turtles movie, but (coughs) when they're like 60. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon one last job and they're all old turtles.
1: Old sleepy turtles. If I may, senile mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, that's really good. Now, I think, yeah, I think I'd like to see that movie if it was like an action movie, but it was just a pillow fight and everybody Mm. got to go to sleep when they got knocked out. That would be okay for me. Let Um, me rest. Carter, this is a great, (laughs) (laughs) this is a great point. I think that Al Pacino's casting is strong. Um, I think that he, I think that really he does a really good job here um, as Will. I think that it is well acted. I think that he does a great job of just looking exhausted the entire time. Um, And uh, there's a point I want to bring up later on. So let's let's keep in our brains.
0: Before we move on from here, you guys have, have just enumerated the points of my super pump. Oh, okay. Al Pacino's casting is my super pump. I went into this knowing Al Pacino was the lead. And I was expecting I think more Scarface, less like sleepy Ray Romano. (laughs) Oh, Ray Romano. That's another good one. And they look so much
1: alike. They do look so much alike.
0: But it was like it was perfect. I would never ever have considered casting Al Pacino in this role. But it was so good. It was super Ah, felt like a left field.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh God. No. Oh no.
0: Uh, Debra, like oh no you're Deborah. going extinct like me, a woolly mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> Debra, I, uh, I haven't been getting enough sleep. Uh, Debra.
1: <laughs>
0: good, good thing we're in Alaska because my woolly mammoth fur is very thick. <laughs>
1: Dude, I don't know why I wanted to launch into the... Into the Kingdom Hearts 1 opening in Ray Romano's voice about (laughs) something. I've been having uh, these weird thoughts lately.
0: (laughs) Gosh. (sighs) Wow.
1: Oh, I don't know. So for the three people
0: that are still listening, what's next about this movie?
1: Yeah, sorry, everybody. I think that's a valid super pump, by the way, and almost was mine. Yeah, because Al Al Pacino does have, it's interesting. He's like a Jack Nicholson to me. Highly touted, like... So I think Al, I counted like nine Academy Award nominations. So like he's a good actor. Yeah. He is not, there's like the Bruce Willis's of the world that kind of play the same person all the time. But I think Al Pacino has more range than we give him credit for. Yes. It. Yeah. Very so much. Um, and I think he showed it here. And he, he certainly was a highlight Doge. I, he's I,
0: not just a punch boy. He can do more than be a punch boy. Exactly.
1: Yeah, except Punch Boy for Pacino, I think is more like mob guy. I think it was proven that you can go outside of that sort of uh, repertoire. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think almost half of his Academy Award nominations are mob related, which is oh for sure. Two times from Michael Corleone, he was uh, Scarface in uh, the Dick Tracy movie, that a character like that, and then also uh, oh the Irishman most recently. Yeah, so now. I do. So I hadn't seen this before. This is the only Nolan movie I've never seen. I hadn't seen it either. So this was my first watch. Carter, had you seen it before? I had, yes. Okay. Um, not what I was expecting, to be honest. Way more straightforward than I was It is more straightforward. It is not as Nolan-y yeah. as other Nolan things, though he does play with something that is like an interesting concept. I think this feels a lot like Memento in that it's... Editing is trying to make you feel like you are part of the uh, kind of immerse you to our main character. Totally. And so, and I thought there were some pretty, you know, talk about almost super pumps in this one. There there were some pretty creative ways for them to make you feel like, because I think almost anyone who has at least been to college (laughs) (laughs) has had an experience of like not sleeping. And the thing where like uh, brightness feels brighter you know, when they yeah. have the scene where uh, almost towards the end of the, our movie where Al is kind of completely losing it, Will is is in very bad shape. And he's like, it's just so bright in here to the owner of the hotel. She's like, no, it's dark in here. And then she turns it on because even to us as the viewer, it does seem kind of bright. Seems pretty bright. bright. But then yeah. when she turns it on, the way that they just make it feel like a dream sequence or something, you know, it's like, yeah, I thought yeah, that I, was pretty creative. I told Callie at one point during the movie, I was like, I, it is making me sleepy how sleepy he is. Like, yeah, it was so effectively done that I was like yawning while I'm watching it. Not bored. Just like, oh, man, he just needs to lay down. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think maybe the most y thing about it is that we keep returning to the flash of the blood on the sleeve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do we get a silhouetted silhouetted flashback shot of the back of a woman's head? Because he loves that move. Do we get that, that in this movie? I don't remember. That's funny that so, you say that cuz so. now I think you could convince me. I don't think we do, but I think you could no, convince I we do. You Yeah, that I don't we remember. Do. I don't remember if we do or not. I
0: uh, something to watch for in this series is cross-cutting climaxes. And basically what that is is we've got our our two Nolan typically has a, a like a triune story structure where there's three arcs basically throughout the movie. Um, this one, I think we can argue that there's three arcs and then the, the flashback one is the really tiny one. Uh, but there's usually, usually like three distinct storylines. Um,
1: would you say will Ellie and will Ellie and the flashback Will's investigation,
0: Ellie's investigation and the flashback. Okay.
1: Yeah. I buy and that. A,
0: and in Memento, I think it would be the present time, the black and white times, and then the uh, the
1: crossover of the two,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: or Sammy Jenkins, I think you could or argue Sammy Jenkins. Well. It
0: becomes a little bit more clear. The Batman movies, he does this really, really explicitly in. Um, but what he likes to do at the very end is cross cut the climaxes so that they both resolve. They're resolving at the same time, and that to me, that like exponentially increases the tension and the resolution of these mm-hmm. storylines as they're coming to their close. Yeah,
1: it also is a risky move. Big it time. feels like because you have to have. Uh, it feel completely different and uh, exponentially better because of it. And so editing too,
0: you have to be like so sure that your audience can know exactly what story you're in at what point in that story. If like you're playing a scene from story a and then a scene from story B and then back to story a, then back to story B. Yeah. I'm going to have a very, it feels like a very Nolan super pump.
1: Because of its ethereal nature of just being like, I don't know. Like, there's going to be people that after this episode, Chunkies will be like, some will claim they understand my super pump, and then some will be like,
0: no, no, no. Nobody understands that.
1: <laughs> no, but if you would pay more attention, like he... So, We're going
0: to revisit it in 10 years?
1: Yes. Uh, Analyzing you talk one about, of
0: Carter's most underrated super pumps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think... So my super pump for this movie is Nolan's... I'm going to call it Nolan's sureness, because I don't know how, how else to like present this, but, yeah. um, and the reason I'm doing it here in insomnia, A, I didn't think it would be something that I would do in any of these movies, but the fact that it's in insomnia, which still in in turn makes this a good movie. It is not a bad movie. I don't, I don't think it's too close to a bad movie. It's, it's it like for, it's funny because it, for it to be considered for most people, Nolan's worst. That's like a compliment to Nolan. Sure. You know? Yeah. But he it's like does bad this. Pixar. Yes. He does yeah. this thing like in the editing process, it's mainly in the editing process, but in the storytelling that he, he puts carrots out there. Like he has, he is so certain of the viewer's experience. He is, for some reason, Nolan has this way of knowing, of knowing? (gasps) He has this way of like knowing. It feels like it makes such an impact on me because he knows how I'm going to feel in so many moments of the stories that he scripts or writes. And mm-hmm. again, this is this is one of his adapted screenplays, right? This was something in 97, like a Norwegian film with Skarsgård, which mm-hmm. feels really appropriate. Talk about another tired character. Yeah, um, for real.
0: He could be a Ninja Turtle.
1: Yes. He does little things like this early a lot of the times um, just to be like, okay, you're going to be able to, to take this later. And we talked about it before, maybe even before we started the series that Nolan is really good at making you feel very smart or like yeah. very in tune with the storyline <laughs> yeah. because he's he's kind of pressing it a little bit. Some of my favorite storytelling is uh, A, throwing a bunch of stuff out there that you can notice later and just immersing everybody so much sure. in just different components. yeah, And then B, um, like giving your audience some credit. Like I never feel spoon fed by him. And it makes me appreciate that. Like, Nolan is the Miyagi of directors. (laughs) Like, he is giving you all of these analogies and he is all these metaphors and throwing you through the fire, but it's going to make you a much better person. In the end, like, it's like he's making you a better viewer, a better version of yourself as someone who consumes that kind of storytelling. And that might be putting him on a super high pedestal. Honestly, though, he deserves it to an extent. Yeah, no, but I yeah, think... Yeah, his sureness, I think... And I, again, like, insomnia, I didn't expect this. And that's kind of silly, because I've seen it before. But I was like, okay, what's Nolan about this to me? Yeah. It's it's full of... But it's full of people he's never used again, which is not Nolan. Because he... Like, these first two movies... Like, after he did these first two movies, he's, like, kind of picking and choosing. It feels like, yeah. oh, well, this element worked. I'm going to do this over here. Um I don't think this, there's any crossover with these two movies of any other movie he ever does acting-wise, which oh, is really, really interesting. Good. But I, I think with Nolan, kind of what you're – it's not my super pump, but kind of in line with what you're talking about, uh, something that I never want to take for granted with a Nolan movie is – so I, I get stressed when there is a lot of information introduced in movies because I never know what to jettison and what to keep. Like it can be overwhelming sometimes to me with Nolan he makes it easy because i know that if it happens it matters like i can you i can pretty much count on Nolan to only tell me what's important even if it's a lot and so there's something less stressful about okay just gather everything and I, and i can do that with confidence in a Nolan movie and not worry about well wait hold on what was all that about where did that come from you know i don't feel like that happens with Nolan um, I feel like you can sort of enter his movie confident that he's going to take care of all the threads that you might accidentally pick up at some point. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think I appreciate that. Um, so I, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, my super pump cause it's kind of all encompassing a little bit. Um, and it is, it is, this gets hairy. So it's Robin Williams. No,
0: <laughs> he's a
1: hairy boy. He is a hairy boy. <laughs> No, my my super pump is I'm going to call it like the vibe of the movie, maybe like because it's not it's not necessarily the story as much as as it is like the initial conceit of like town without nighttime sleepy cop. But then just like how well that all folds into each other and like how like the lack of sun is so disorienting. Like the number of times that a scene was happening and somebody would say what time it was. And I was like, Whoa, that is not at all. What time I thought, you know, the first time being everybody Mm -hmm. laughing and telling him, Hey man, it's 10 o'clock. And then, you know, the scene with him and uh, Robin Williams, where he's like, you know, midnight on your sixth day, (laughs) it looks like it's 11 a.m. Like it's so disorienting as a viewer, which puts you exactly where Pacino is, which puts you exactly where Nolan wants you Um, and just the whole, the, it's just a combination, I think of everything that goes into putting you where Pacino is as his character, like just the overall vibe of this movie is kind of unlike, unlike anything that I have seen before, as far as it feels like in what, in video games, what they call environmental storytelling. It happens in movies too, but it's pretty (laughs) common in video games of like. You know, you turn a corner, walk into a room and there's no dialogue, there's no words, but the room tells you everything you need to know about what's going on. That's how this movie feels from start to finish to me of like, I don't need to be convinced he's tired because I'm kind of tired and disoriented about what's going on. Um, It's just really unique, I think, Um, and utilized very well. To me, that is very strong. Very show, don't tell. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's unique and then also, I mean, very not unique for the kind of things it feels like Christopher Nolan is fascinated with. You know, we had talked, I think on the last episode, that almost all of them, and I'll say now, I think it's confirmed that every movie in our Nolan series uh, really screws with the concept of time. Yeah. Um, Because this one officially does because you have taken out the construct. You've taken out the the like the visual skeleton of time. Yeah. Yeah, Like what it's just normal. It's like certain things in movies happen at night. I know it's a day, a day has passed, but now you've completely eliminated that for this movie and it throws you off a little bit. I, by the way, when the owner of the inn goes into his room and he talks about how bright it is, I was convinced that she was going to show him that there were like blackout curtains that come down from the ceiling that he didn't know about the whole whole time. time. I was convinced so I think I'm glad that didn't happen because that would have felt more like a cheap laugh. But, man, I kind of wanted it to a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the reason that we're avoiding talking about like the overall plot of this movie is because it's so straightforward. Um, it seems yeah. like we're talking conceptually here a lot. And normally, mm-hmm. I feel like Nolan's plots are some of the strongest elements of his movies. And that doesn't feel like the case for me here.
0: I think that's probably because like Carter was saying, I think it's probably because it's adapted and he put his, his particular Nolan stink on a story that already was existing. Right.
1: Yeah. But it, it, it it is strange to me. Like, I think I went in anticipating like some twists or turns and just like, you know, when, when, when Hap, when he shot Hap, I was like, Oh no. Um, but other than that, I don't think I ever really encountered like a, a big, like, I can't believe it.
0: You know? Well, it feels like it feels like the dialogue a lot of times is like man if you don't start sleeping you're going to start hallucinating. Right. But we and I thought that maybe there was going to be something with that. Like I don't know if I would have that wanted Will that. That Will
1: killed that girl, you know? Yeah. Or like something. Yeah, like I don't
0: that. I don't know if I would have wanted that, but that feels cheap, right. but something. Yeah, I think I was braced right.
1: for in, an impact that never came with some of the twists. Carter, you yeah. I think I, well, I was going to say I think something that's kind of twisty to me and I thought was really fun is having the uh good guy and bad guy work together. I think seeing the dynamics of their relationship was really interesting and kind of twisty to me. I think uh uh well very well acted uh was the the fairy scene, them going from like the intentions of al pacino more than the intentions of robin williams character so will going in there and being like i'm about to because he's got one of the better lines that we couldn't use for (laughs) quoting unless we put chunker hunk in its place but talking about the toilet you know it's like you you do this every i do this every day you're not interesting you know and it goes from that to them standing by that pole and being like well why don't we just like convict somebody else Mm. i'm a detective I can do that. We can plant it. I've already done it once, you know, and just having that conversation of like, who's manipulating who, Mm -hmm. um, and showing the fun thing about this. It's not fun is a weird way to say it. The new thing I'm learning about, uh, myself with this movie and just humans in general is that we are in, we do have control over, uh, our worthiness. Like the, we can simply, if we just choose not to do something as simple as sleep, it could ruin our lives. Like it's like there's just those like magnifying just the little things. It's like, well, if we just decide not to do this anymore or if we lack this and something's keeping us from this, um, you could murder – you know, it's like you could change what you stood for because he's supposed to be – and I think they do a good job of giving us this juxtaposition of like held at such, in such high esteem. But now Hillary Swank has to be the character to actually catch him and she would have never thought this. He's this like – Uh, far off mentor that she never thought she would be able to meet and look at how awesome he is, but he didn't sleep for a long time and there's other stuff. There's other baggage. So this plus this equals you're the bad guy. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And and that adds into, you know, even though I think I would probably agree that this is Nolan's maybe weakest venture to me, the, the detail-oriented like mind of Nolan is still very present here, and I think that's, that's hyper-present um, in what you're talking about, Carter, and in scenes like the matchbook falling out of the door to let um, Robin Williams—I can't remember his character's name—Walter, uh, to let Walter know that somebody was inside. That's pretty brilliant yeah yeah um and and that's just the kind of thing that i think nolan is really good at throwing in things that when they happen you're like okay i see what you're doing and uh that's definitely here which i like a lot um like the the dog in the alley um to replace the yeah. bullet that's really smart to make sure which the bullets in the, match in the original this movie is even darker because it's a a, a living dog oh really that Will shoots. Yeah, he just finds some
0: street dog and shoots it. Yeah, it's
1: probably it. smart to not have that. I feel like that pretty much... That's that's a one-way ticket to immediately demonizing a character, I think.
0: Well, I did watch this movie with Jess, and if that had been a scene in this movie, I think we would have had to turn it off and go to some grief counseling or something like that. <laughs> well, that would have been something that I... no way we could watch that.
1: Yeah, I forgot the dog element altogether, and it's probably because it was dead and yeah. kind of tough to recognize. Right. But I would have never encourage Chelsea to watch this. Yeah, movie. I don't know that Callie would have been able to make it through that one if that's if that's how it had gone. Um I would like to uh talk maybe just briefly about Hap. He's not in the movie much, but um I think he is also really well acted. What is that actor's name? Um I can never uh, remember sub- his name.
0: A suburban Dad?
1: Yeah, Martin Martin Donovan. He is in Tenet, so he is a returning I was about player. I say he's
0: he's a Nolan boy. There you go. So
1: my B. Is he also like a bank owner in one of the dark? I feel like I've seen yeah, him in, in Batman the... too. Oh, he is? Yeah. Who is he in Batman? Cool. 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 Okay. My B guys. <sighs> I didn't think of like extras. He's almost an extra. It feels like he's got a small yeah, he role. Kind of is.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. I think he's really good. I think maybe that's, maybe he's not in Batman. I think that's part of why I was
1: so shocked to see him die, you know, not expecting it because I think he, he came in really strong and was a really good, um, like counterweight to Pacino's heaviness. Yeah. Um, I think that they were a really good duo and um, like their moments of tension were really great. And so I think I was pretty shocked to see him die. That that was maybe the big, the most Nolan-esque twisty thing about this movie to me yeah. was watching somebody that um, had come in so strong and had such great chemistry go that quickly was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many elements to telling a good story, right? Because if, if we had gotten to know Hap a little bit more, maybe that completely changes how we feel about Will, right? It's so – like the fact that he leaves the narrative early and we don't really get to know much about sure. him except he knows something that's dirty and crooked, you know, uh, it, we we give him more of a chance to be like a fallen hero, mm-hmm. right? It's like what role did he really even play in that process? We don't know too much about their relationship, and I think that's necessary. Yeah yeah and necessary, maybe for the same reason that we don't see will kill a living dog right because we as the audience need to at least be able to root for and sympathize with him a little bit and if if he is accidentally or maybe not accidentally killing his partner that we have you know an hour of this movie to really fall in love with and get to know it's harder to be on will's side afterwards, maybe right um so I think it's a smart decision, but it was just interesting to me because I thought that he was. Probably the second strongest uh, actor and cast for me. Yeah. And much like the twist of Will dying very quickly in this movie, we're about to take a twist here, unexpected. None of you see it coming. So I'll just tell you, it's time for us to go to Shout Announcements. <gasps> <laughs> Welcome to Shout Announcements. Sorry, that was sort of a Pacino into Jordan type transition. Yeah. Um, I wasn't real confident but she no thank you <laughs> but, she, but she no sir no sir indeed i uh i do want to say i got something that you should say yes sir to and that is patreon hey on our patreon feed our patrons get special access to bonus episodes that only they get to listen to special parts of our website with information there's uh in those bonus episodes there's sometimes things that aren't necessarily movies There's a fun kind of stuff That really gets you going And I know what you're saying Man, if the normal podcast is this good How expensive must the extra special stuff be? And I have good news Jordan, I'm sorry I never interrupt during the shout shout announcements Can I give a guess? Yeah, I'd love for you to guess Let's play hot or cold I would say that Patreon is maybe twice Netflix In terms of value that's so fair. $26, $26, $25, $25. You're, let me, can You're I get a hand on the cold. Bowl? Yeah, it does. You take it.
0: I would estimate that Patreon as a business is worth $1 billion. Patreon will send content creators more than half a billion dollars to fund their membership business in 2019. More than $1 billion was paid out to creators since the company's inception in 2013. So probably a cool bill. If I had to guess the value of Patreon. Okay,
1: You're also pretty cold. Um, okay. Why don't I just reveal it to you?
0: It's $3. Okay. What? $3 a month.
1: That's a mistake. That's all. That's all. And you get access to all that sweet, juicy bonus content. So make sure you check Mm. that out. Por favor. I think you should follow us. I think you can choose how you'd like to do that. If you know where we live, go for it. Set up camp outside. But safer for both of us is to follow us on social media. Uh, I would say Twitter. You can follow there for some of that kind of like in the news kind of content. You can follow Instagram uh, as we kind of uh, navigate through our current series. And the Instagram stories are always super fun. Instagram stories now are those opportunities to uh, be able to be featured on our episodes in terms of like what's in the box. Give us those questions and queries. Yes. Yeah. Um, there might be a time again to, to visit Jordan's corner and you're going to want to be on social media for that. And his car. don't. Corner. Look for us on Facebook. We do have a page, but y'all, I'm just warning you, if you haven't been on Facebook in a minute, it has morphed even more so than normal into a nightmarish hellscape from which none may emerge.
0: Yeah, stay away from it. Don't go to Facebook. It's rough out there. It's dangerous to go alone, but you shouldn't take anything with you when you go because you shouldn't go at all. But you know where you should go? To your mailbox every single day. What if I told you there was a way to get perfectly pre-portioned podcasts delivered to you every single week how many times And it's completely free twice a week Whoa. even. and it's completely free and you don't have to sign up you don't have to you don't have to give big data any of your information they don't Ugh. have to know your height Thank your goodness. weight your age any of that stuff all they got to know is that your finger has clicked the subscribe button on our podcast mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Scene. End scene. <laughs> uh, it was perfect. That was a perfect Wow, that's a
1: wrap. Cool. Uh, I'll be over at Craft Services. I'm going to uh, pick up some deli meat and just dangle it into my mouth.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's uh it's dark in here. No, we're back to the show.
1: The one that we do, the
0: podcast. Here we are. What a journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look <laughs> a narrative. I was swept away. I have one job on this show, and it's
1: just keep us moving forward. That's all I do. That's, that's, that's you my whole goal. I am, uh, the guide upon the river sticks of our podcast. That's all it is. I am the, the, the boat, the boatman, the, the orman.
0: That's why we, that's why we put coins on our eyes before we start recording. Right, to pay, to, pay, right. Right, to, pay, to our pay our passage.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, I want to talk about my super dump and I want to do it right now.
0: I was going to do that <gasps> next. Should have been faster. Me too. Hey. Uh, we're hey we're all just guessing we have the same super dump we do not know none of us know what the other super dump mine's is. a
1: pretty wide funnel do, so does maybe somebody else actually want to start unless it, are, are yours also pretty wide funnels
0: um it's a human-sized funnel okay yeah mine's a human-sized funnel okay
1: too. i think that you have the same one and i have the same one with additional bonus features so i'm gonna let you guys go first
0: i'll go do you want to My- do it
1: on three i want to give it a shot let's do it can
0: I say it just to guess? To yeah,
1: yeah, I want people to know how organically this comes. This is not if, going if to does.
0: sound like it's on three.
1: That's true, because we're on but Zoom I'm, calls.
0: Believe us, it is on three. Let's do it.
1: So it's going to actually be on the four beat, right? Okay, one, so two, like three, one, two, three, blank. three do, you, do you just yep. want to say the name? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, now we know what we're going to do. <laughs> one, two, three. Robin Williams. Robin, Robin Williams. Williams.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Wow. yeah robin is to me i get we're trying to cast him against type but it it's like petting a cat the wrong way it was like technically yes you're petting the cat but that's it's just it doesn't work Yeah.
1: yeah i agree yeah it doesn't he had you know he had this is the same year that he had uh this was like his year of the thriller because he had one hour photo came out in the same year oh gotcha um, and that is a much more eclectic, uh, type character. And, in I know what you're saying, Doge, like it's not, he's not supposed to be right. He's supposed to be just a, uh, um, painfully normal person that snaps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a little bit of ingredients of serial killer type vibes. But it just, I think with how creative I know him to be, it doesn't feel like he was very thoughtful with the role. No, I feel I was, like I was pretty give, disappointed. Like I'd love a tick, I'd love uh, an outburst at some point, point. and maybe that's what he wanted to do—is just continue with the narrative and make us think. Well, maybe he didn't
0: actually kill this right. girl,
1: you know. But yeah, it just wasn't—it wasn't enough to to see him on the marquee. It it is a letdown.
0: Yeah, for his role. But also, I was trying to think about that. Like, if it's—and I'm I'm not I'm not casting doubt on his ability as a performer, but if we give him some sort of tick or something, like. Does, can he do that without turning into a cartoon? Because I know, right. I know people can do that, but can Robin Williams do a tick without becoming Popeye? You know what I mean? I think so. I think we have proof
1: that, and not just tick, but I think we have proof that Robin Williams can deliver an impassioned, dramatic, compelling performance. Um, and that is just not what this is. But on this side of the morality compass, can he do that? I think he can. I, I don't, I can't think of an example, but I, I have no reason. Because I've just to think never seen couldn't. him do that. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I, um, so yeah, I have a wrench to throw. Some is it okay if I talk about my super dump in sort of a broader spectrum?
0: So sure, dude. Fine. Go ahead. You can have your turn. If I know you've been really patient.
1: If, uh, if Robin, if, if my super dump is the flying V from Mighty Ducks, Robin Williams is running point. He is the thing that made me think about this and reflect on this. He, I think he is the most disappointing to me. My super dump is actually. So unless they are Will, Hap, or the lady that owns the hotel, I think virtually every person was pretty off the mark as far as casting goes in this movie. Um, Hillary Swank, yeah, too. Yeah, she didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, like Hillary Swank, the kid that they interview that's trying to be all like hard on the motorcycle, he just, I don't buy it. The girl that was her best friend was like... Her vibe was super weird and off. Some of the other would cops you, weren't compelling. Would
0: you buy Motorcycle Boy if it was Eric Fontaine? Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, you know I would. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was like any time Will or Hap had to share the screen with anybody that wasn't uh, Robert California's wife from the office running the hotel, <laughs> I was just like, man, there is a complete like mis, misbalance, unbalance of... like commitment going on here.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind Swank of got that great. a little bit. Yeah, I was about to say I got that a little bit from Hillary Swank. I thought she was good. I thought she was not in the movie even close to enough. And and maybe
1: that's like, part I feel of like it. she like, was
0: so like underutilized and underdeveloped. I think she was Maybe too. part of it is yeah. that
1: part of the miscast feels like if you're going to cast somebody who is supposed to be a big player in the game but isn't really in it much, then don't waste Hillary Swank. I don't know because I think Hillary Swank's got chops. I, I'm I'm not concerned well, about Well, I feel that. like
0: Hillary Swank should have been the protagonist. I think we should start with her. You know what I mean? Don't start with them on the plane. Start with her. And then we see so that way we see uh we see Will through her eyes. Yeah. That she wakes up and it's she's excited. This guy that she studied in school that she really looks up to is coming to solve to work a case with her and then we can watch him shoot hap but then we watch her try to uncover that to me that is far more interesting than than having Pacino be our main character here
1: yeah yeah and can i put on can i put on my casting pants real sure. quick is that fine yeah. with y'all okay uh and then we'll they're have shiny. To, we just Those got, pants got are shiny. It takes they're kind of tight so thank you for the editing there that took me a little longer than i thought but <laughs> casting pants are on what happens when we switch martin donovan and robin williams hmm what if Robin Williams is Hap and Martin Donovan is our bad guy? Yeah. I think
0: that could work. I like that way better immediately.
1: And I think narratively too, If that is that is such a bait and switch. If Robin Williams dies in this movie within the first 20 minutes, I think that is more impactful to me, right? Because we already don't get him much. He doesn't show up until almost yeah. the hour mark. And it feels so, like a strange
0: choice to choose somebody with such a... like. Because we know it's Robin Williams the second we hear his voice on the phone, and then we see a picture before we meet the character. So the whole time we're thinking, okay, he's talking to Robin Williams on the phone, right. he found a picture of Robin Williams, and now he right. meets Walter, right? who and is this, played so by Robin this, Williams.
1: And his villain, like the way we're introduced, and that's about it, but the way we're introduced, because he's not nearly as tactical, reminded me of Kevin Seven. Spacey in yep, Seven. 100%. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about Kevin Spacey, though, is he, he can be a character actor. Like and Robin Williams is fine, but he will always almost sound like Robin mm-hmm. Williams in everything that he does. Yeah, he is not. He is not hired to sound different. Kevin Spacey pulls that off because he is a master impersonator, and so he just gets to just like play whatever he, role he like wants. Like how to. he
0: impersonated a good person for all yeah, those years, had us
1: all fooled. Exactly. I know. I know. And it's yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if we switch those two, and this is just having the fun, sure. right? We're just having a little bit of just the having fun. some of the fun i think we switch those two and that totally changes for me how i feel about those roles i think so too. we've already talked about how we like hap a lot right yeah right and i th- and he is such a he is such a barely like a, an almost faceless kind of actor well and i you think know? if it's robin williams as hap we immediately have more connection to him for the point that he dies well and you don't you just feel more sorry yeah.
0: that he Got yeah. shot. Well, you know, you're we, like, oh. Well, we as an audience are primed to believe him. We talked a lot last week about how audiences are primed to believe protagonists, which is why Memento works.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's but good. If, yeah. if it's Robin Williams, good we're point. primed
0: to believe him, and we're primed to to not view him as antagonistic to Pacino, but to view Pacino as antagonistic to him. Because if it's mm-hmm. Robin Williams, I think we carry some Robin Williams from other movies into this. Like we probably carry Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting into this, and saying, okay, if he's going to testify to internal affairs, that means Will probably did something really wrong. Yeah. And yeah, and then I think that we're a little bit more anchored in that conflict.
1: Yeah, I th- is that's what is is that what is tough though? Because when you look at their body of work, Al Pacino and. Robin Williams are so antithesis of like the kind of characters sure. they usually play because at that point too, is the narrative different if we just think Will's a bad guy from the start? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is but like, that's fun to talk is about. Like, he's not a bad, he's not a bad guy. And I'm inclined to believe that he did not intentionally kill Will or uh, intentionally kill Hap. And, and I'm inclined oh, yeah. to believe that he thought that he would, he thought that he was doing the right thing when he planted that evidence. And, you know, that's the gray area that, you know, this has to live in for us to buy in. Um, yeah. And it's great that regardless, with just such a small line, we do think that Hap thinks that it was intentional. Right. Yeah. Right. Which suggests that's that he great. thinks Will is capable of something like that. And Will, yeah, even thinks, really good. Will even thinks of himself as potentially capable of something like that when he starts to question what he did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. But no matter what, yeah, the audience just to get, gets to chalk it up to the hysteria mm-hmm. of like near death. And just panic. The more terror, that I know? think about this movie as we talk about it and like talk about the casting stuff, the more that I think that this movie's biggest fault is just simply that the supporting cast around what's happening just was not good enough to carry it all the way through. And that there were some, yeah. some missed marks in the casting itself that held this movie back from being better than it is, um, which, is which is an uncharacteristic miss for... Nolan, who I typically am super impressed by his casting.
0: Let's even bring let's bring Scarsgard in to play the villain. Like bring him over from the Norwegian version. That could be fun. Ooh. that would be really fun. That's good. Yeah, Scarsgard feels like you know, the person that
1: I feel like has slipped into Scarsgard's place now is Mads Mikkelsen. That he has become the new, yeah. um, because they're both Danish. For here,
0: the new sleepy Norseman.
1: Yeah, I would say for now. I think Skarsgård can get it back if he wants to with Dune. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. So for now, no, I got all the faith in Skarsgård because Mads is uh, while he has played some pretty uh, blockbustery um, antagonists with Dune's potential, like if Skarsgård pulls that off, great casting yeah. for Dune. Yeah, that's uh, Skarsgård. Just by the oh way, oh my, just goodness by the way, gracious. Um, I know that's obviously not what we're talking about here, but ooh boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think especially towards the back half, this starts to blend into other movies to me in a way. Like the, you know, the, the the clock racing to go get him while she's you know going there too feels a little bit Silence of the Lambs. Well, like while they got the warrant, or because that happens a couple yeah. times, him planting the gun had a had a vibe like yeah. that too. There, there's just a lot that, um, oh. Wait, can we talk about the almost drowning under oh, those man. logs? Yes. Oh,
0: that was the worst. I hated that so much, dude. Oof. Callie,
1: Callie said, "Tell me when it's done," and like covered her. <laughs> eyes. Oh my goodness! It
0: that is terrifying. when he, that, is, that is scary. In like my in the my, in my monkey, brain. yeah. Like that was a primal <laughs> fear, fright that I. When felt. he
1: pops his head up to breathe and then has to like duck so fast because those two logs collide. Ooh, I mean, dude, he would have been pancaked. You made you made like falling into a frozen lake scary, right?
0: Which is already I used to so think, scary. <laughs> I used to
1: think under the thick ice is is awful because it gives you a window to life while you're dying. But like, yeah, this was just boof. Anyways, also talk about the who would have thought that Robin Williams was so yeah nimble. that athleticism that is
0: these crazy. these men. Both run so weird.
1: <laughs> I want a loop of Al Pacino breathe running. Like he <gasps> felt so out of place. You they know,
0: run so weird.
1: I could see in his pupils in that moment he was thinking about retirement. <laughs> I think he was like, you know what? Hillary would have caught this guy. Let me rest the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need a nap. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sleeping. It always has to start with that, right? That's the motor yep. starting for any Al Pacino impersonation. <laughs> oh, 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 oh <laughs> Careful, oh. Tim! Careful, Tim Allen! You're 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 yeah, veering little... into home improvement territory. I uh, have oh,
0: <laughs> which is also like Donkey Kong territory. <laughs> is Tim Allen the Donkey Kong of people?
1: One hundred percent,
0: dude! I've been waiting Don't for somebody talk else to come about there.
1: Donkey Kong like that. <laughs> I never want to hear you say that again. Donkey Kong did not go out and make great games and become a top tier Smash character just to be compared to Tim Millennials killed by Show that that I Alan. I don't know that I would say
0: that he's a top tier Smash character. What? I don't think I would Ooh. say he's top tier. What is this podcast what? turning into? That's side smash. I'm down. Let's go. Side smash is good. He's got one good move. No way. That I'm, wind Donkey up Kong punch is not a top tier. I will not a top tier.
1: Ruin your life with Donkey Kong v any character. Let's play you it choose. online later. Online later today. Let's I do think it. you know that there's no chance I'm putting down the Last of Us Two to do that. But yo, should we do like a Patreon invite smash tournament with our Patreon members? Hopefully, they got switches. I mean, if they do, I that's want great. To do that. Then we open it up to I everybody. I want to do that so bad. It's so funny. I think I'm just good enough to play. with I think y'all. you're pretty good. You're pretty good. I think I I could yeah. win, and I know that I don't want that to hurt any egos or anything. No, but I, think I think you're pretty good. I think there are scenarios. Where I could win, but it's because I'm just pulling out some random like Duck Hunter or Rob or somebody of like someone you'd probably don't play the against. Kind of trolly characters. Super trolly character. Like yeah. Isabel. Like Yeah, Rob doesn't bother anyways. me as much. Duck Hunt is a nightmare. Duck Hunt is amazing. No the way fact dude, that Duck can, Hunt
0: is top tier for sure. Top probably, tier. probably top tier, honestly. Probably top tier.
1: But I'll Let's never about be insomnia. <laughs> I'll never be insomnia, you know? Well, <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 finish talking about insomnia because I, I I can feel us kind of drawing to a close and I'm wondering if there's anything else, you know, as we're continuing the Nolan series, the joke that we're making is they're not as inscrutable as they seem. And it's weird to me. We we touched on it a little bit at the beginning. This this one doesn't feel inscrutable at all.
0: No, this is just a straight up and down police story. Yeah,
1: and I think maybe that's why it doesn't work as well. Or it feels I think less it, than maybe.
0: I think if we had watched this like during another series, you know what I mean? Like if this had been part of Datterday Afternoon, we would have said, Whoa, that's way better than Lethal Weapon. That's a better detective story than Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon is. And it's really, fun. but I think putting it in between Memento and the prestige and knowing that we've got Interstellar and Inception coming up in a couple of weeks, it's like th- this is just so not like the others yeah. in terms of the creativity of the concept, even.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, and maybe this, this, This might be coming from the fiber of my being that if I was ever a team captain in elementary school, I would often pick the people first that never get picked, right? I don't want, you know, I'm not trying to do that for insomnia right now. But I do think even if it was a standalone, it is more creative than we think it is. I think we know prestige is coming. I think we know inception is coming. I think something that it does so well is the setting.
0: Yes, and j- yes. Which
1: which presents that time element. I think that's I great. And the thing that I said of like, we have, for us, for a fraction of the narrative, we have our protagonist and antagonist working together. And then, and but yeah, ultimately, in comparison to other things, and honestly, just as a standalone movie, it is right in the yeah. middle. Yeah. It is not going to, you know, this is the person that we introduced to our parents and we're like, you know what, they're going to like her, but they're not going to say she's the one. Right. <laughs> And I know that. And they know that. I think I think somebody <laughs> said it at the beginning that like, if this is Nolan's weakest outing, then congrats to him because it's fine. Like, yeah. it's not a stinker yeah. by any means. But I think. Yeah, Nolan is yet to have an yeah. outlier. No, that's true. And I think he's been that way for, that, for so long that we're not, we don't think he will. I don't will. think he will. You know, I think he'll just put out bangers for the rest of his life. Marvel was that for a while for me. There were so many good Marvel movies when the MCU started. I was just waiting for something to just be really bad, you know? And I don't think we Thor ever two. got that. Honestly, that's my opinion. Y'all we don't know too much my opinion on the MCU as a whole. Uh sorry, Thor Thor too. Thor was an outlier. The now, dark world. I do hmm. want to say so I obviously were Coming to a close next week, we are doing the prestige and I'm saying that because I I watched the first like the opening three minutes of it to help doge with something
0: yesterday. And I'm working on close up, Matt, and we're trying to get really good. I don't want people to know about it yet, though.
1: Like watching the first three minutes of the Prestige to find the thing that I was looking for, I was just like, "Oh my gosh! I can't wait to watch this
0: movie again."
1: Jess we has can never choose- seen
0: it, and I'm so excited Whoa. to show her. Yeah, so wow. we can
1: we can choose to have this on the podcast or not. But like, spoiler alert! I think it's my favorite, Christopher Nolan. Wow, Ooh. and I think that's a tiny bit spicy. But there's some good uh, stuff yeah. out there. I don't know. These next these next few weeks are going to be pretty crazy. But before we move on to the next few weeks, let's move on to rating this movie using the scientific cinema scale developed in house in our own laboratories here at Two Chunks and a Hunk LLC. We are going to rate this movie. Uh,
0: two Chunks LLC. Sorry, actually. Two Chunks LLC. We use our official government name. <laughs> we
1: are going to rate this movie using that scale, which is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it followed by rent it and then stream it after that is forget it. And last, but certainly least the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God God hath forsaken us. us. I'll go first. I'm streaming this one. It, uh, it was fine. I don't, I don't see myself getting a, a huge urge to watch it again anytime soon, Uh, and if I do, I will definitely be trying to, uh, stream it first and foremost. I think it was, it's a good movie. It is not up to the standard I have set in my head for Christopher Nolan, which I hope only speaks to, um, the caliber of his typical movie, because, um, this is a totally acceptable movie. He is just so much better than totally acceptable.
0: Yeah. I'm also going to give this one a stream it, um, I've talked before on the show about how I like collecting sets of movies or directors that I really really respect and so I will probably end up buying the Blu-ray of this. But it's a stream it quality movie. Um if you didn't if I didn't know that Nolan directed this, I would have thought somebody else directed it and they were heavily inspired by Christopher mm. Nolan. Like mm, this feels good. this feels like somebody covering a Chris Nolan song.
1: Oh, that's good. Uh, I'm going to lean towards the literal And it's not because this is literally what happened when I watched it. But I'm going to go ahead and give this a rent because um, I think with Nolan's library of what he's able to do, if someone were to watch this for the first time, I don't think I would tell them, wait until you don't have to pay for it. I think it's just good enough that I would say it is worth the $4. If you want to be able to watch all of Nolan's stuff and Insomnia is all you're missing, that's worth it. Because I don't think it's going to be something you don't want to experience. Yeah um it might not be something you you want to experience often or again but um in this case and i think it's because we have this under an umbrella of a specific director if that's all you're lacking i think it's worth a rent
0: it is only five bucks to buy it digitally on amazon so i did buy it last night so (laughs) that's true it's also a really cheap buy yeah well there you have
1: it all wrapped up and a nice little pig in a blanket for you that's insomnia and as we mentioned,
0: dang pig in a blanket. Yeah, I wish you hadn't yeah. said that. That sounds so them. good. Why does to me that right now? So do they sound so good? Sounds amazing. Doge,
1: did you also think of the kalachi style pig in yes. a blanket? Yes. Oh, I I I thought of the little like cocktail weenies wrapped in um like crescent roll. A I believe they're called little sizzlers. Yeah. I think it's a little yeah. smokies, isn't it? I need me a little bit of cheese and jalapeno in there. Are they you, though? Okay. Oh, right I just prefer a full is... kalachi style boy. Ooh, secret aardvark would be good on that, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> Guys, I bought a six pack. <laughs> I'm like, this is my life now.
0: Oh, little, uh, little Sizzlers are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you on the screen.
1: I put, which I also secret artvark in some mashed potatoes the other day. Just FYI, and it was delicious. Oh, I'm digging. It'd be great in a baked potato. Ooh. I have finally had to have it. I finally got to have it with pizza.
0: These boys. These are little Sizzlers. Is that wrapped in something? Y'all had those? No, it's a sausage. No. You never. It's I, just sausage. You've had it. No. These. I'm like a breakfast no. sausage. We were yes. a Jimmy Dean yes. family.
1: I haven't had those specific kind, but I have had. Well, if I had them I didn't know because they were at a restaurant.
0: I doubt that you've had Hormel little sizzlers at a restaurant. I almost guarantee uh, that you have. Have you been to IHOP <laughs> unless unless you went to Hormel Cafe?
1: I don't know. Now, uh of course, as you can tell by all the breakfast talk, next week we are going to be watching and reviewing The Prestige.
0: The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Club. Um, oh.
1: Sorry, The Prestige. I'm so freaking pumped about this. I cannot wait. Yeah, I am too. I might watch it <laughs> twice before. Because <laughs> now I want to watch it. I've got like the rest of the day to not do anything and, and it's like, what else will I do? You come over and play The Last of Us. I can't. Yeah, we've talked can't about that. It. I cannot right. yeah. play yeah. those games. Um, no. Well, we want to, we want to say as we do at the end of every episode, uh, thank you. (laughs) You know how we end every episode like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Thank you. It's been an honor serving you (laughs) in this way. I consider it the highest, the highest caliber of gift I can give to the public is to talk about this This is our
1: final episode, our swan song. To end today's episode of Two Chunks and a Hunk, the podcast, I would like for each of us to say our name and to say what sleep disorder we would like to see a movie named after. How many are there? For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I would love to watch a movie called Sleep Apnea about a man that can't stop snoring and stopping breathing in the middle of the night, and it really affects sort of his day-to-day situation.
0: I'm Doge, and coming this holiday season, Restless Leg, (laughs) colon, the Usain Bolt story. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, man. His legs
0: could never stop moving. This is the story of how he won a gold medal.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mine, I'm Carter. Mine is uh, about bedwetting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a rise from the ashes story of someone who has wet the bed. um, But fortunately, that has had them dreaming of Olympic gold as a swimmer. and we see them live that out. It's actually a story about Michael Phelps. We had no idea that he was a bedwetter. Sorry, I forgot so to mention a that. Is sleep
0: disorder about the Olympics? I forgot to mention that mine. <laughs> no, it's bedwetting. Mine is
1: a movie about some curler or something. Yeah, we all did an Olympics joke.
0: <sighs> the secret to advancing to the Olympics is obviously not sleeping well.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, that was so strange. I've, I just haven't had a uh, good sleep in a while.
0: So While you were busy sleeping, they were busy training.